You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey y'all, it's Paul with the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. This is a re-release of the episode that went live just a few days ago. This is the Scott Ellis episode. I had a ton of you guys reach out and say that you couldn't hear Scott when he was calling. The software that I used to to kind of edit the podcast muted all of that. And I didn't realize that uh, until you guys started emailing me on Instagram and go wild. Uh, so thank you for doing that. So this is, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a fair warning. Some of it gets a little loud. So if you're listening in, in, in your car, in your truck, or you got headphones on and Scott gets ready to, to call on some of those excited calling sequences, it does get a little loud, but man, is it good? It doesn't last too long. You're going to love this episode uh, with, uh, with all of the calling, owl hooting, crow calling, uh, excited hen yelps, everything that Scott did. Freaking amazing. Scott was was just a masterful, masterful episode. Uh, and and what a great caller. So thank you. Thank you guys for, for reaching out to me, telling me about the issues with the audio. Really appreciate that. Continue to reach out, subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about it, click that plus button, whatever app you're listening to uh to the show on. We got some YouTube stuff coming your way. Turkeyseason.com goes live. March 4th. That's the kickoff turkey season in this country where I mean, we're just a few days away from turkey season, uh, you know, being able to kill, kill turkeys here in Southern Florida. What a time, what a great time of year. Looking forward to that. So turkeyseason.com goes live. Thanks to our sponsors. Go wild time, go wild.com. Click, uh, check them out on the Android or Apple app and, and wicked North, wickednorthgear.com. Get those Turkey kill kits and those beard hangers coming. You're going to need them after listening to this Turkey podcast. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I'll see you again here next week. hunting. And there's a, there's, I think there's a bigger culture that surrounds Turkey hunting than there is deer hunting. Um, so I don't know if I would agree. Yeah. I've always compared it to turkey hunting. I love to deer hunt, but deer hunting to me is so one dimensional. It's like bowling and golf. Deer hunting is bowling. You've got two lanes, you got 12 pins and you're trying to knock them down and you only have a certain lane you can roll with. And that's deer hunting because you can only control your destiny so much with a bowling ball. But when you get on a golf course, you have to chip, you have to putt, you have to have short, you have to have a long game, a mid, mid iron game. I'm a golfer. I mean, 
and it's three dimensional. And that's what I love about Turkey and the fact that your you know, deer do half of their communication, three quarters of their communication is by scent alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do vocalize, but not like turkeys, not like turkeys. Oh God. No. And yeah, that's why I, I've always been enamored with calling turkeys is because you're communicating in detail. If you know how to do it, you're really can carry on a conversation and you can exploit their emotions and you can heighten their sense of emotion or you can tone them down just by communication. Like with, I'm yelling at you right now, Paul, or I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're talking to your dog. Hey honey, I love you so much, sweetie. And you do that, yeah. that same inflection you can put in a turkey call. If yeah. you, if you take the time to be better at it, but anyways, we're probably getting some good stuff right here. This bullshit. Uh, so I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to put that in the show. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to introduce you, but that's going to be the first half of the show. Cause that was great. That was a, that was a great explanation of, of Turkey calling. And I didn't think I didn't even mean for it to get that good. That was, that was well done. So, well, oh, so on this episode of the how to hunt Turkey podcast, we got, uh, I got Scott Ellis, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful Turkey hunter, wonderful man. Uh, Scott and I've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last year. So Scott, thanks for your time. This is podcast number two, uh, for you and I, man. And, uh, I really appreciate your time tonight. I'm happy to be here, my friend. I love talking turkey with you and I love talking and talking tactics and getting it out there. And hopefully somebody can listen to this and take a, a little bit of something from you and be successful. And I love that. Yeah. Well, good, man. So just give the give the listeners uh, just a little rundown of who you are, where you're from and kind of your role within uh, the turkey hunting culture and and, and uh, industry and where you where you where you fit in with Woodhaven and and uh and all that good stuff oh gosh yeah man i um started off uh outdoor writing many 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 years ago and uh got on a pro staff with a company called quaker boy game calls a lot of people know it back in about 25 years ago and um was like i said started com competing on stage competition turkey calling and um just kind of found my way into the industry just by winning calling contest again being an outdoor writer um i love to write now it just is so time consuming and you have to think way too hard to do it anymore but, <laughs> but i used to enjoy writing and now we have youtube you know youtube wasn't big 25 years ago um now we have youtube we have social media we have all these platforms that you can talk turkey with people and you can you know kind of teach the masses that's something i've always embraced with my turkey adventures um is just teaching people to call better, to strategize on turkeys better. Um, and you know, I have my DVDs, Mouth Call Magic 1 and 2. We have the app, Turkey Tech, that teaches the art of calling and setup and, and just how to be a better turkey hunter. And that's where I think I found my niche. Um, ha had a lot of success on the stage competing. You know, I've won some grand national titles and whatnot. Um, on the back end of that whole deal, sidebar there but i'm kind of on the back end of the competition calling thing and now just enjoying time in the woods with friends and family and and hunting turkeys or hunting anything for that matter but obviously we're talking about turkeys and that is my first love is turkey hunting so um but yeah you mentioned woodhaven i'm bouncing around on you a little bit but uh, i'm the pro staff manager for woodhaven i'm a I'm brand ambassador with apex ammunition um i'm with thermocell and mossy oak um and uh, again uh just enjoy the time with in the fellowship of being in the woods and the, the art of calling and hunting wild turkeys has always been my first love. And, and I love it. And I love that I can take it 
to the industry to some level and then, you know, and reap the benefits of meeting great people and getting some good invites to hunt some great property and hunting some public land with great friends across the country. And you meet up with people. It's just a great brotherhood. You know, the whole turkey hunting culture is just a brotherhood. And most everybody are really cool people and they enjoy and embrace each other's success and love sharing that success and what made them successful. And that kind of is a caveat to me going back where I was saying, oh, I just love what I do instructionally to help people and try to put as much out here, just like these podcasts, that somebody can take a tip and, and run with it and hear something. They say, I got to try that. And they tried it and it works. And then you get a message on Instagram or on Facebook and go, hey, man, I heard you on so-and-so podcast or I saw your YouTube video and I did that crap and it worked, man. <laughs> I killed that turkey. It worked. And that there's no better sense of pride, man. That makes you want to thump your chest like Tarzan. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that as soon as I'm done with this statement, I want everyone to hit pause on this podcast. I want you to hop over to the app store and I want you to get the Turkey tech app. <laughs> I got that. When did you come out with that? Well, four or five years ago, I feel like mm, it's been a few, three or three or four probably. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is that app made me a better Turkey caller. Without a doubt. And so I had been hunting turkeys at that time for probably 15 years. So I was proficient at calling and killed some birds. That was one of those apps that I could listen, especially when I got in. I wanted to get into the more complex calling sequences and calls. That was one of the one of the things that made me a better turkey hunter, because the way that it's packaged up, it's like, okay, this is a call. This is a tree help. This is what it sounds like on from a turkey. And this is what it sounds like from you, Scott Ellis, making that call. And it was I, so I was able to. It's a damn good app. So <laughs> do, you, do, do yourself a favor if you listen to this, you want to be a better turkey caller, hit pause, go get that app. You will not regret it. You will not regret it single handedly. I mean, the number one thing that made me a better turkey caller. So thank you for that. that. A That's a free plug, yeah. Scott. Don't uh, don't forget that. Stay humble, friend. No, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. $4.99, people. It's the price of a cappuccino. It's, I mean, seriously. Yep. man it, it's it's worth it's worth every freaking penny so so good deal so we so what uh so when did you start hunting turkeys we'll just get a little background on like turkey hunting beginnings sure sure for you oh gosh um i think this is my 37th season i was about 11 and i'm 48 so that sounds about right yeah i think i was 11 and that would have been 1985 yeah right before mossy oak and real tree was launched is when i started turkey hunting. yeah yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool so, so we're now are you you're in florida now are you born and raised in florida B- born and raised unfortunately I, I don't i'm not proud to call florida home but it is home <laughs> <laughs> fair enough man yeah but yeah born and raised so the yeah. so where, did you grow up hunting osceola's down south or are you up up a little farther cutting your teeth on the um, on the easterns no 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 I, uh hunting public land osceola's um Ugh. And I'm not south zone. I'm central zone. I'm not south of Highway 70, which is the line of demarcation. Um, but um, I grew up hunting public land. I didn't have places to hunt when I was a kid. I was wasn't poor, but I mean, we didn't have high dollar hunt leases, and you know, leases were expensive 30 something years ago, as they just like they are now, and they're even worse now, yeah. of course, with the with the uh, Osceola becoming such a gym for people you know a destination spot if you will to, to kill a turkey um but I, I and you know what cut my teeth on those pressure birds and those osceolas and in, in the pastures and swamps and oak hammocks of central florida i think is what honed my skills at a very young young age i had to kill any turkey anywhere and put a plan together and 
it it just it made me the turkey under I am today, without a doubt. I mean, I think you can. I don't want to step on people's toes, but I think if you were if you grew up in more privileged type hunting, you know, less pressured hunting. I'm not saying you can't kill turkeys or you're not you're not proficient turkey hunter, but I know that it made me hunt harder, hunt longer, um, learn to call better, learn to strategize more, and have a very very deep bag of tricks is what I always called it—a big old deep bag of tricks. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good, that's a good way to say it. You know, you, you publicly, and that's, I, I, same, same thing. I don't have primo private property. That's, you know, unpressured turkeys. I I'm hunting public lands of Ohio and you know, the other States that I'm fortunate enough to hunt, you know, with me and, you know, sometimes a hundred other people on the right, same, right. in the same that's area. Right. So yeah, you definitely, you, you definitely learn to scratch out an existence as a public land turkey hunter and it's just got as the sports gotten more popular you know you've you've got more more and more people coming into it so you just have to kind of kind of adapt to that so it's uh and it's not even that the turkeys are on public ground there's a big always a big debate public versus private i I didn't finish my statement kind of cut myself off about hunting less pressured birds are just easier to hunt because they don't get the human pressure um public land birds aren't necessarily any harder to kill than any other bird it's just the contact with humans that I think causes them to be so much more skittish, gobble less, be harder to call, be harder to move on, harder to step on. But they're, they're just more skittish, if you will, in my opinion. And um, you have to, yeah, it, it taught me to call a lot less at a, at a younger age, even though, you know, I've I learned to call pretty proficiently very young and got really good on a mouth call very young. Um, it's still, and, and that makes a difference. I'll, I'll, we can talk about that at some point. Because I've been preaching it forever and ever, and I will continue till my grave to preach that more realistic calling will kill more turkeys. But that said, it's not. It's it's just you've learned to. I learned to tone it down. No matter how good you call in certain situations, you have to tone it down. Scratching the leaves, clucking for wine, soft, soft yelping. You know, not be too aggressive. And then there's times I've hunted public ground turkeys where I did get the chance to get aggressive, and the bird allowed me to because I wasn't surrounded by 100 people. It just you know depends on the day. It depends on the management area. It depends on the ground, the state ground, the federal ground, whatever. It just there's always a lot more variables, in my opinion, in hunting public ground. There's a lot more things that can happen, unknowns, if you will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you what, let's. I want to on the back end of this after the little calling tutorial here. I definitely want to talk some turkey strategy uh, because toning it down that's a hard lesson to learn. And I think it for is. a lot of people, me included, you learn that by what failure. That's, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, and, that's, and that's, that's sometimes that's the best way to, 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 to learn. So let's, and, let's talk about, let's talk about calling them. So, so we're, yeah, we're get, talking basic. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. So, so let's, let's start out, you know, I, I get out of my truck and I'm, I'm a turkey hunter. I want to, the first thing I really want to do in the morning, I guess, is locate turkeys. So I, on the front end of, of a hunt, um, you're probably gonna do a lot of out calling doing some out calling, maybe some crow calling. So, so talk about, talk about timing for ripping off a hoot out call in the morning. Well, you know, it's a, it's a great topic to kick right into it because I'm the guy that gets my owl hooter or my voice and will hoot well, well, well before dark or before daylight, excuse me. I'll, I will hoot in the dark with the slight chance that that bird will give his location away. And I've got a lot more cover of darkness to try to move on. And it doesn't work all the time. Now I will say this, just a sidebar, interesting little tidbit. When I was a kid hunting Osceola's in Florida, those birds would gobble at five o'clock in the morning. 
does not happen that way anymore. Evolution to me and pressure and predation have definitely caused those turkeys to gobble when it gets lighter and lighter. It seems like every year they gobble later and later. It just seems to be the case. But they can that see. Said, I will, yeah, so they can see. Yeah. And, and and back in the day when I was a kid, buddy, you would be you'd rip, ripping off owl calls or at at you know not a crow so much in the dark, but definitely an owl at five o'clock in the morning. And sometimes, you know, very often they would gobble. Now, Miriams are the only exception. You can still get Miriams to gobble at any hour of the night or the morning. But but, out, but outside of that, Easterns and uh, and even Rios are more susceptible to gobbling really, really early. But Easterns and Osceola is not so much. And so I do owl hoot really early. And just with the chance, slight chance that he may give me that location and I'll have a little more time and a little more um, ability to move and cover without having to just use terrain because it's starting to really break daylight where they can see. And, and for the listeners out there, we're going to talk about a barred owl. And I've got my uh, Woodhaven Ninja owl call here that I designed um, with Woodhaven. And um, I'm going to start off with just an eight note who, who cooks for you, who cooks for you all or y'all actually it's y'all. It's not you all it's y'all, but, <laughs> but I'll give the eight note who, and I'll give it to you real quick with a, with a, um, a Woodhaven Ninja owl. And I'll listen and I'll give it again. Add a little flair on that one, those little single notes at the end of the eight note. And I'll listen. And sometimes they're ripping right off of the bat and you don't have to do much more. And and what I will do is if you end up getting a locator call and you start getting proficient with it, experiment with, with screaming, experiment with laughing, getting louder, getting higher pitched with the call. Because sometimes I love giving this tip away or tip out is that you have to get aggressive with your locator calls. And I'll go into the crow call in a minute as well. I mean, you can do that eight note who, and that bird just might not gobble, but now I might not have heard anything. So I'm going to get excited and I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a scream in there. And this is what, and, and, and the ninja owl will scream. I don't know, not all hooters are made alike, but, but the ninja owl will scream. And it's just a single high pitch note that the barred owl does not super common, but, but it's like, it's almost like a high coyote howl for Miriams. They will gobble at this one. They won't gobble at a lot. And so I'll, I'll give them a scream. And this is the scream of a barred owl. That's the scream. It's just a high, shrill pitch sound. And then they'll go into like a hitched uh, roll note, if you will. It doesn't really have a name, but they'll scream and then go into this note. And this also adds a little flair, a little more aggression that could jerk a gobble out of one. It goes like this. And that adds a little bit more and you listen. And then if that doesn't work, then I may go into a, like a little longer laughing sequence. So I'll hit something like this. Hit something like that right there, and that will sometimes jerk a goblin one. So just don't be afraid to 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 experiment with it and and make different sounds other than the eight note barred barred owl. Just be be versatile and get proficient enough with the call to be able to make the other sounds. It it, it can make a difference in locating and not locating. I will I will second what you said. We we talked last year on on a show, and and you said you said the same thing. Get a little aggressive. Get a little loud. Get a different sound coming out of the owl hoot other than the eight note. I was hunting in Tennessee, highly pressured birds. I was on a great spot. I was out on this ridge, and there's all this, you know, there's all this terrain and features. And I'm like, there's, there's got to be turkeys here. And I've been hooting, and the sun's up, on its way up, and I'm like, man, nothing's, nothing's out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that scream. And man, it was just like, for, I, and I hadn't moved. You know, I, I, I'd been just walking the top of this ridge. 
and I, I I hit that scream. It was like the freaking holler erupted, man. And there was like four turkeys there. I'm like, well, boys, no, I've been I've been I've been standing here for an hour waiting for you guys. So, and you know the beautiful part about that is, you truly shocked them into gobbling. Shot gobble 101, and they may not gobble again, but at least you knew and you know they're there. And that's when if they don't gobble again, you know that you can camp out in that area and set up and just do some blind calling and with a chance of killing something. And that's a great that's a great feeling. I do that a lot with a tube call in, in the spring because I get birds to gobble with my tube call that I don't generally get to gobble at anything else. And they may only gobble one time and give you what we call a courtesy gobble. But at least, you know, he's there. And if he doesn't answer me again, I'll set up, start scratching the leaves, clucking and purring not being too aggressive. And then if that doesn't work, then I might try cutting at him real hard. We, we could go into tactics. We're, we're already diving off into yeah. taxes. Oh man. Here, I, I love it. So I, I'm going <laughs> to, so my first turkey hunting season, 2007. So I started out calling in 2007. Uh, I cannot freaking roll my R's on the end of it. On the end of that eight note hoot, that little growl or whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yes. So, so <laughs> just there, do that. I'm going to shut up. That's how you do it. Give one, give it to us well, one more time. It, it's, okay, there's two ways of doing it. You can either flutter your tongue or you can uh, vibrate your uvula, that little piece of skin that hangs in the back of your throat. Mm -hmm. God gifted me with the ability to go and just roll my tongue. And all I do is relax my tongue and then blow air across it. I'm using my voice so you can hear the vibration. And I just blow air across it and it flaps. Now, some if I do it, see, when I do my uvula, you can hear the vibration, but it's too fast. Okay. it'll work great for crow calling but when i owl call that was my uvula. here's my tongue thank goodness i can roll my tongue because i cannot get my uvula to slow down i think mine's yeah. about three inches long <laughs> and just that's the reason why i can't get it to vibrate yeah there's too much skin hanging down there <laughs> so I, I i can get it that's that's about what mine sounds like it's almost like a it's like an owl growl Right. Right. Um, right. And right. It, I mean, and I will say it, it, it works, uh, but, but you cannot man, roll of, your tongue. I cannot, man. And I've, I've tried and it drives me nuts. Uh, so I've just, I get that, I get that on the, on the end of it. I'll give it that little, the, the laugh, you know, that real aggressive right. laugh and then just go into like a short roll. And I mean, right. a lot Ooh. of times, yeah, for me, I'll get that, I'll get that Ooh. quick little, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it works, but I think that's one of those things it's for, it's, practice 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 you, you know most people are going to get it i'm just an idiot uh and, and can't <laughs> no you're not there's a lot of people that cannot do either they just can't they don't i'll explain it real fast i mean i don't want to go too far in the weeds but it's take a deep breath and blow out until your cheeks fill with air like if you sit in your chair like in the evening when you got home from work and you're tired and you go and your cheeks will fill up with air but I'm okay. When you do that, let that air channel that air more across your tongue. I'm gonna You're try using it. your I'm throat. Gonna... You're, yeah. I am. Yeah. You hear, you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear your throat trying to vibrate. Mine does the same thing. And that's the only, and that's why I try, I teach people to purr to get the R, the rolling tongue using that same method, that deep breath, your cheeks expel with air. They fill up, you create a little back pressure. And that's how, I have taught a few people and got them to do it. So maybe we'll sit face to face sometime and I'll be able to watch what you're doing. I can help you. But yeah. anyways, not getting too far in the ways, but that's the role for the, for the R's on the owl or the purr on a mouth call. Yeah. Okay. Now 
is is an alcohol so I, i've i've done this i saw some guys doing it on youtube or tv years ago owl hooting at like 11 o'clock in the morning and turkey's just mm -hmm. shot gobbling i mean that's that's an yep. effective effective tool right sure yeah i mean i'll hoot all day i just i can get louder and more shrill on a crow call so i will yeah. generally go to go to crow um during that part during the during the middle of the days because i get louder and more shrill than an alcohol yeah i mean that might the the my hooter's pretty loud, but it's not as loud as a crow call. But yeah. So, so let's talk, let's but, talk about the crow call real quick. Okay. Yeah. So crow call. I mean, great locator. Right. And I don't crow call in the dark just because that's unnatural to me. So that's unnatural. Right. As that sun first peaks his little head right over that just starts to crack light. I hear crows all the time right there, right. Well, before any kind of real sun up, but that first crack of light. And I mean, it's loud, it's shrill, and you know, and you hear the crow fly over your head sometimes. He's just doing the basic calls. This is a Woodhaven real crow, and he's just doing the basic. <laughs> and that's just your basic. Excuse me, got a frog in my throat. Basic crow sounds. Yeah, that might get a bird to gobble. You know, a really hot turkey might get him to gobble. But what we're gonna do with what you can't do with your throat? you don't flutter your tongue with a crow call. You do use that uvula. And when a crow call, I can do that. What you're doing. And you do that across the crow call and it creates a good crow sound. Hear it come to life. That's the uvula. That's not my tongue. So you do that. And then you just really blast the air through it and get more aggressive. Just like we talked about with the, the laughing, the screaming, blow air to it and make a little longer sequence and this will make the difference sometimes and when he gobbles and when he doesn't and i get my throat clear i'll get i'll get you some good crow calling getting aggressive using that that gargle that uvula roll and then listen and a little tip to give people when you're trying to feel like when you feel like you're running out of air open your mouth around the mouthpiece and inhale in between the blows And there you go. And then you listen and don't go too long because he might shot gobble in the middle of all that, that sequence. But that's a great little sequence. Just a <laughs> and then listen like a crow fight almost. And that will be what sometimes is the difference between a gobble and not a gobble. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, and I use that all the way up into the day. Yeah. Okay. All throughout the day. Yeah. That's a, a really, a really effective tool uh to to pull to pull a shot gobble out of trick so so actually let's let's define what a shot gobble is for people okay yeah i mean we gotta we gotta uh, not get too far ahead of ourselves with the advanced tactics a shot gobble is when a bird gobbles at a train horn um at a, th a clap of thunder at a crow at an owl it's just a stimulus to a loud noise um it can be an air horn it can be slamming your truck door as the old boys say back in the you know back in the the old turkey hunt days. I just get out and slam a truck door and he gobbles. I honk the horn and he gobbles. But I think one thing I have a theory I've developed over the years. Yeah, all that will work. Just loud noises. Thunder is amazing, actually. Best locator I've oh, ever yeah. heard. You can use a duck call. You can use a goose call. Very effective. All over the U.S. I've done both of those. But something I think that happens with crows and owls is they're not mortal enemies, but they're not. They don't have that symbionts in the woods, if you will, the brotherhood in the woods. And I think a bird will hear a crow or an owl as a challenging, another bird challenging his 
dominance, if you will. And I think they will sometimes gobble. They're sometimes gobbling at an hour or crow because they feel challenged. And that's just a theory. You can call me crazy, but that's a theory I've always said because he's hearing another another bird that has a loud voice and it's rashes sounding. And he, he wants to fire back and say, no, sir, I'm the dominant one in the woods. And I think that happens, in my opinion, with a crow and an owl. So the other the other loud, shrill sounds, loud, booming sounds, thunder, whatever, I think that's more of a shot gobble to me than actually an hour or crow. So just my two cents on it. Yeah, no, good, good two cents, I will say. <laughs> so let's 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 talk about turkey calling now. Okay. One of the one of the real interesting questions and I a lot of people, a lot of guys are different uh, when when you're in the woods, you're out hooting. You know, you, you've, you've got some gobbles, maybe not as close. You're working in when, when do you start calling? So more from a tactical side, not sure. you know, we'll get into the instructional side. Like when do you start calling? If you haven't heard anything with a shock, you know, with, with a locator call, when do you start actually making turkey sounds? Oh, I mean, right, right. When the sun's breaking, if I, if I give all my best locator stuff and there's just nothing happening, I will actually get on my tube call and gobble. Um, that's, that's one of my last tricks in my very deep bag of tricks. <laughs> it will be the gobble on my tube call. Um, but I mean, going backwards a little bit, I'm trying to keep it. I'm, I keep thinking one-on-one Scott, one-on-one, one-on-one. Can we kind of go back and just say, okay, we've got him to gobble. And then for the, for the new Turkey hunter that's interested in doing this, what do I do next after? Yeah. He gobbles yeah, on the heck yeah. Okay. Okay. So I just want to give a, just a quick brief rundown. You locating slip into that Turkey as tight as you feasibly can without bumping. And that for somebody, some people may be hundred yards, maybe 200 yards, maybe one fit, whatever you can do to use the, the darkness. If it's still dark enough or the terrain hills, rolling hills, sides, cover, you know, thicker woods, you know, denser woods, get as close as you can to him and then set down on the Turkey. And then the game, then the game begins. Now we can kind of, I just want to give people that just set up and get a place that gives you a good vantage point. Don't let cover block you. Try to keep any obstacles out of your way. Don't get on the other on the wrong side of a creek. Um, don't try not to get put a fence between he and you or a ravine or um, any again any obstacle. Um, and again, give yourself a good van, a good vantage point where you have shot lanes. You have places you can see. If, if it's open timber, then obviously that's advantageous for visibility that you can see pretty good. But just don't forget that whole deal because we'll we'll talk hide the hen one of these days in this. If we don't get too long winded, we might have to talk hide the hen. You know my little tactic I came up with. Oh yeah, years ago. I know, but, I know um, that one. <laughs> that's I, I mean I, I should have patented that phrase and coined that phrase hide the hen, but I'm uh, it's it's anyways. We'll get back that to that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, probably. I mean, I hear it's used a lot now, but um, at any rate, um, so yeah, birds goblin, you set up on him, and then the sun starts breaking, and then you're saying now you were saying when do you call when you don't hear a bird? So do you want to go that direction, or do you want me to? start doing some calling instruction now and just start off the roost and how you should talk to the bird on the roost. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go with, with the scenario that we're talking about now. And, and you, you, you're out okay. hooting, you get a gobble, you've gotten into position, uh, right. something that you feel is a new Turkey hunter or Turkey hunter is a, is a good spot to be in. Where do you go? From that point there, I'm going to get, let the, let the light break just a little bit. And then I'm going to give him some real soft bubble clucks and what we call tree calling. And the bubble cluck is like a water dripping cluck. I'll demonstrate it on a mouth call, my, my new energy. 
would have a new energy. I got to get my plugs in there, man. <laughs> yeah, my favorite it. split B call. Yeah, my new energy Woodhaven call, mouth call. One of my designs for those Woodhaven. And um, I'm gonna give some bubble clucks and some tree calls and just try to make contact with him. That that's gonna sound like this on mouth calls. This is just a hen waking up on the limb, and you're letting that gobbler know that there is a hen nearby. And it sounds like this. And that's the trick hole. Just a soft little yelp, a couple of those little pips, those little bubble clucks. And he's you're just making contact with the bird. Hopefully he answers and he's fired up. Maybe he doesn't. Don't be discouraged if he doesn't. But you, if you did it as loud as I just did it, just like a very low level, and you're within 150 yards of him, 200 yards even, he's going to hear that, and, and he's going to know you're there. From there, yeah, I think it's I think it's important to say that that's a soft call. That is not a loud right. call at all. Right. Even in the woods, that's a that's a mm -hmm. very very mild sounding muted sounding yeah, call. muffled muted yep yeah for sure now for 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 people if they want to learn the intricacies of blowing air over the reeds that turkey tech app you go into detail about that um I about do. the about the style so we won't do we won't do any of that in this call so guys like i said you can right. get that app uh you know there, there are other resources to to learn that so we'll, we'll just go with more like the sound and, and, and the strategy of it um Sure, sure. But it, but Agreed. in that turkey yeah. tech, you you go over that in detail about air pressure and tongue placement and all that stuff. So right, right. And I've got tons of YouTube um, videos on my channel Hunt Quest with my show uh, throwing that out there. But there's I got tons of instructionals on YouTube as well. But um, yeah. So you make contact. Uh, maybe maybe I give him another two or three series of hen yelps or tree yelps. Um, only time I get a little more aggressive on the limb, throwing this out there as a as a tactic is if I hear hens around him, with him. So at that point, I'm going to try to get the hens talking to me politely, just softly, civilly talking, having a nice little conversation to try to say, hey, I'm over here. I'm the newcomer. You know, may, sometimes curiosity gets the best of the hens and they'll fly down to you. Sometimes they do what? They fly the complete opposite direction. But we're just going to pretend for argument of argument's sake that he does not have any hens couple series of tree calls and then i'm just going to let it start getting light and let him do his thing i'm going to listen to his gobbling frequency i'm going to look and see if he's gobbling at owls if he's gobbling at crows i'm assessing his mood is he really really fired up is he apprehensive not very fired up um i'm just trying to get a feel for when the game begins is when his feet hit the ground and we'll get to that here in a minute but how i'm going to engage him once i get him on the ground and that's that's again that's when the games begin so um Tree calls, like I said, and then as it gets what I believe is good light, I don't have, I mean, we're doing this with an audio, so we don't have any video recording, but I use a turkey wing. I have a, you know, like the bottom lower, the lower, the primaries of a, of a wing cut right at the wing joint, the bottom wing joint. And um, I put tape around the edge of it, makes like a little handle, and I carry two of them around in my vest, actually, for fighting furs and for fly downs and stuff. And so at that point, I'm going to give a little fly down cackle. Um, and let him know that I have flown down with the wing beat. So he hears the, the wing slapping and it simulates not only a turkey vocalization, it simulates the wing beats, the turkey sound, not just the vocalization. So I just do a quick little cackle on how I, I you know, I, I give it whenever I'm flying down to simulate the hens flying down.
and that's the fight on cackle. It's a, it's a chopping crescendo effect call. It's very sharp, single notes called almost like a cut note, if you would, and then it's just put into a to a, a crescendo. It starts high and then finishes low. Just like you heard me just do. And then, now, if, if you've got more, if you've got multiple hens in a tree, will all if you, if you got four hens in the area, will all four of them cackle on the way down, or is it just oh, kind of so, the dominant? Sometimes they don't cackle at all. Sometimes I will do that same sequence. If let, let's here's here's a sidebar. We're on that that hunted property, that pressured public land. I may not give any cackle. I just use the wings to make to simulate mm. the wing beats. Now I might tree call or bubble cluck really really soft, just once or twice. And then I give the simulation with the wings, but not even do a flat on cackle. So it just, it depends on the time of the year where you're hunting. It, it, you know, sometimes it's just a, it's just what you feel go with it. I mean, sometimes even on public land, I will cackle. I'll give a fly down, but, um, but generally will hands always cackle. Absolutely not. I think more times than not, they don't cackle than they do actually, but it's just yeah. one of those, one of those tricks in my little bag. I got my little trick yeah. bag and that's one of the that's ones it. I definitely use. Yep. Now I've used so, I've used my hat before uh, to do right. to do the fly down just out of desperation. Um, I need to start right. saving turkey wings. <laughs> you should, man. It's a deadly so, tool. Deadly tool. Yeah. All right. So let's so let's let's go. You got him. You, you're you bubble clucking, fly down, cackle. You got you got someone on the ground. He's entertain. He's interested. Okay, so, so he's, he's flown there. Down. Yeah, he's flown down. And, yep. And this is where it really we really start getting into the meat and potatoes of the 101 stuff because this is where guys go. Maybe they've been turkey in a couple of years and they've had some success or no success, but how much do I call to this rascal? Well, you know what? Call just enough to keep him moving towards you. So now how do, what do you mean to keep him moving towards you to, to keep his forward progression, his march coming straight down your gun barrel? So – how do you realize that with not call, without calling too much? Well, I will give a yelp. I'm, well, okay, so he's hitting the ground. Let's get into some more basic stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just yelp to him. One on one, yelping probably killed more turkeys than any call that a turkey caller has ever, a turkey hunter has ever made. So I'm just gonna give a basic, just a hen yelp. Once he's, I know he's on the ground. See how he's gobbling. Gauge his reaction. And it sounds like this. And that's the hen yelp. Five, six notes. You can hear it. Um, most people will identify with that and know what the heck that is. And then from there, okay, does he hammer? Does he not gobble? At that point, I'm just going to give him a minute, let him settle down after he's just blown out of the tree, let him get his scruples about him, get his faculties, you know, get, get right with the turkey, get right with the woods, if you will. And then <laughs> yeah. after after that goes down, I'm going to see, I'm going to check him basically. I mean, if he gobble really well, all we can do here is run scenarios. It's so hard to, to, to say this is what you do, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know what I mean? It's hard to. So all we can do is kind of put is, – is just kind of put the scenario that we're trying to teach somebody the basics out there. And, and that's – let's just say he gobbles and um, he's 125 yards away. Say you set up away from him 150. He flew a little towards you. Or maybe he flew to the right of you, but he's not too far away. He's well within callable range. Your setup is good, and from there, I'm going to I'm gonna give him that first contact. He answers, and then I'm gonna give him a few minutes, and then I'm gonna check him. Give him two or three minutes. Don't just immediately start firing off at him when his feet hit the ground, and you just want to hear him gobble. That's why we do it. We want to hear him gobble. That's why we're there. I mean, we're there to eat turkey nuggets. 
but at the end of the day, we're there to hear that gobble and see that, oh, hear yeah. that drum and see that, see him strutting, you know, and, um, give him a few minutes and then just hit him with another Yelp. And I'm not going to demonstrate it again. Yelp, 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 Yelp. And listen, is he closer? Is he further away? If he's closer, this goes right back into what I told you when I say, just give him enough to come to keep you, keep him coming to you. So say he closed and he's noticeably closer. Well, you don't have to, if, if that bird's that hot and he's ready to roll, you've just landed a, you've just hit the lottery. You know, um, he's closer, noticeably closer. Give him another three or four minutes. Check him again with a basic hill. Don't see, this is where this, we could go so far in the weeds, brother. I love talking this stuff because when you can cluck and purr and you can cut and you can fight and purr and you can jake you up and you can gobble, when you do all these sounds, these are all those tricks in that big old deep bag of tricks I talk about all the time. Don't get advanced. Don't get crazy and don't start. To, if you, maybe you're an advanced turkey hunter that's listening to this right now. Don't throw all your tricks out there on the table, your ace, your trump cards right off the bat. Just stick with the basics. Then you have those in hold if you need them when he does hang up. Fair enough. You follow what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so this bird's closing. I'm going to give him another yelp. He's closing. I'm going to give him another yelp. And after he's getting to what I'm saying, 75 yards, I'm going to almost go, I'm going to go quiet. I mean, I've killed turkeys. We've, we've all done it. If you've hunted longer than a few years, you yelp three or four times and he's dead right off the roost. Doesn't happen as often as we'd like it to happen, but it can't happen. So now that's the, that's the, you, you called yelp three or four times. He's closing. He's moving towards you. You don't have to call too much. Don't overcall him. Don't if you overcall him, there's a very good chance he'll stand his ground and he'll get stubborn and want you to come to him. Always remember that a, a bird, generally a gobbler, gets the hens to come to him. But now gobblers do cover ground. Obviously, we call them up a lot, right? They do cover ground when they're in the right mood. They will come to the hen. But in general, when they hang up, that's the bird being stubborn and being what's a little more natural. And he just struts and shows off and he calls up the ladies himself. So this bird comes right on in, boom. We're, we're, we're master turkey hunters. I yelled four times, called him right off the roost and killed him, and he's dead. Okay, now let's throw another quick scenario out there. Let me throw two spins on, on another scenario where he's gobbling good, but he's not closing the distance. He's not coming forward. That's when I'm going to yelp at him for a while like I just did. Three or four sequences, he's not acting right. He's, not, he's answering, but he's not closing. That's when I might throw four or five cuts in with that yelp and get a little more excited with that yelp. And that I will demonstrate is I will get a little aggressive and try to charge him up and get him to break. Again, don't overcall him. Don't give him too much too soon. Give him little doses and give him silence in between those little doses. Does that make sense? Yep. So I'm going to cut three or four or five times and then go into an excited yelp. Just like that. We'll do it one more time. Just a little sharp cut notes. And then listen. And then give him a little bit of silent treatment. Give him a little dose like that and then give him a second. He, he gobbles. I'm sure he'll gobble at that if he's gobbling well at you, okay? And give him three or four or five minutes and then check him. Sometimes that breaks him right there. Sometimes that's all it takes is that little more excitement to get in his head, get in his helmet, and then he breaks and then when whenever you get him coming then you can tone it back down to basic yelps and then you can put that cutting in your back pocket until you need it again to get him fired up again you follow where the, this is all about exploiting his mood based on the vocalizations what we talked about at the start of the podcast it's using yep. the sounds their voice their the inflections and the excitement level in their voice to either excitement to get him fired up or in we're going to go the different direction here in just a second and then and and he comes in and then shuts down on you and he hangs up we're going to go quiet or we're going to cluck and purr so 
that got him fired up, that broke him, you, you yelp him all the way to the gun barrel and you kill the turkey. Now, in that whole series, you may have to get, again, you may have to cut louder and longer at him just to keep him coming. But it all depends on those little doses and then silence and then checking. Little doses of calling. When I say little doses, I mean a little bit of calling. A little bit of silence and then checking. And then that's how you, but, but don't just sit there and yelp at him profusely for five minutes. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to, no. the silent treatment is just like cat, it's cat and mouse. Curiosity killed the cat. It's the same same philosophy. So that bird, we killed him too. So we've killed two so far. We're, we're on a roll, on a roll now. We did it. We, we did the basic stuff and it killed one. What a season. What we're, we're tagged out right off the bat. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> we got a little aggressive that broke him. Um, again, again, you may even get more aggressive to break him if that didn't work. And then at some point don't overdo it. Okay. You gave him, you get a little more aggressive, a little more aggressive. And then, you shut it back down and say, no, that's, I don't want to overcall him. That's, let's just push reel it back in. That's when we're going a different direction here. And I'm going to give him some silence, five, 10 minutes of silence. Okay. And then I'm going to start doing some softer stuff. I'm going to tone it back down and play coy and shy with him. And now we're going to do what's called the purr, cluck and purr and the whine of a hen turkey. And it's just, it's a simulated, it's a hen, it's simulating a hen feeding. And these are the sounds that they make when they feed. It's almost like, say you did that excited stuff put this in perspective and it didn't break him. And then you're like, it's like a woman that you're a guy's talking to a girl trying to get a number. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to pick my words here. <laughs> He's trying to get the digits. He's trying to get a her girl. number, a girl. And you seen, the, you seen this beard girl, <laughs> the bearded girl. No, I don't follow the bearded girl. No, I said, have you, no, I've, I said, have you seen this beard girl? You see this thing? Oh, like have you seen this beard? Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. G rated, G rated. Yep. Yeah. And um, so you get you're it's a guy and the girl's being really aggressive and she's being, you know, really sexy and you know, getting his attention. And then she's like, nah, not so much. You know, I'm just not really feeling it in my mind. That's what you're doing when you fire one up and then you reel it back down and just start clucking and purring. It's like you got me all excited, big boy. I heard you gobbling your brains out over there and uh, I'm not going over there to you. So I'm going to lose interest now and go back to feeding and not pay you any attention. And that's what that's in my mind what I'm doing again, trying to exploit his emotions. You 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 get him all fired up and then you shut him down. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You leave me hanging, woman. What's going on here? So, <laughs> without further ado, some clucking and purring for you. And this is Let's go. this is when he's he's you got excited. He came in some halfway in and then he hung up on you. Okay, so we're gonna cluck and purr. I'm gonna after a while, I'm gonna cluck and purr. A little wine. And that's clucking and purring. And, I, and if I can move, I will scratch in the leaves and just simulate a feeding hen. Sometimes that breaks them and game over and boom, you just killed. The, we just killed three. We're, we're, we're three for three. Just like that. Clucking what, what, a, what, a what a team. What a turkey. I mean, we are, we, are, we are that good, people. We're that good. So, so there's another scenario where, you know, you fired him up, didn't work, so you shut him down. And then one of the most successful tactics I've ever used when none of it worked and he's out there strutting in his strut zone back and forth, shut up, completely shut your calling down. It takes more discipline than, than anything I ever do in the turkey woods. And for 95% of turkey hunters, if they tell you it's easy for them to do, they're either not very proficient at a calling or they're lying. <laughs> yeah. 
just shutting up when you have him there and you know he's fairly close and he's not quite gun range, but just going quiet for like 15 minutes, I mean, just be listening for that drum. Sometimes they'll gobble on their own when you go silent. And when you when they gobble on their own when you go silent, that's when you really got to – okay, I talk tonight. That's when you really have his attention, in my opinion. And I, yeah. and I found that to be true many, many times when you got one going and then he doesn't he doesn't break and come in and you end up shutting it down on him and going silent, it, they can't stand it. Now, caveat to that is don't go silent for longer than I would say maybe 15, 20 without maybe giving him a little yelp and trying to check him again because I have had them lose interest and walk off when you went completely silent. So that's that's something to, to consider. But don't be scared to use it. And if you if you have no success with it after you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, then go ahead and give him a little yelp and see if you can check him. And I've done that. And then that bird gobbled and he was he was 200 yards away when he was at one at one time, 75 <laughs> yards away. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, that's a crappy feeling. I can tell you. Yeah. So if you if you go sign, if you got if you got and I feel like, I'm, you know, the first couple of scenarios. Yeah, those are those are yeah, those are fun to talk about. Right. We'll play play radio. I feel like a lot of the time it's you're going to have that bird that that's not not ready to come in, not ready to die yet, whatever phrase you want to use. So if if I'm giving him that silent treatment, are you scratching in the are you scratching the leaves? Are you um, um you know, that's a great that's a great or, point. Yeah, I will take my wing and just kind of scratch and tickle leaves and stuff just and you know and, and make scratching simulations like you're saying. Um Maybe even do like a little. Uh, I've actually tap, taken my wings and tapped them together, like she just kind of stood up and flapped her wings or something. Just a turkey sound that's not a vocalization. But yeah, um, yeah, what you can. I like using turkey noises and not necessarily turkey vocalizations. That's been very, very successful as well. Yeah. Now, is there is there and this is this is a really high level high level question. We're gonna jump. I, and this is a very selfish question because I want to know, so I'm gonna ask it. <laughs> Uh, if you've got like just this super stubborn turkey and you're doing all your things, so we're gonna we're gonna get into more of the bag of tricks. But is there ever a moment in that battle back and forth, if you can without being seen, would you get up and move away from that, Tom? And, Absolutely, and, and, great question. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Absolutely, I like when you lead me into you feed me these questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite moves, man. I I, oh, I love doing it. Yeah. Uh, repositioning is if you can move, I mean, 100%, I do it all the time. I mean, you watch anybody on that's knows their salt on Turkey killing turkeys. Yeah. You can sit in one spot all day and kill a Turkey eventually. But if you're engaging one like that though, and you, and you, and he's just not closing, go quiet, check him with locator calls. Don't use hand calls when you reposition, always keep that in mind. And, and if he doesn't gobble at the locator, I would still suggest not to use a hand call, especially if you're going around him, making a berth around him or going directly away from him or, you know what I mean? But hopefully he gobbles at your locators and that way you're not giving away. He doesn't, you're not giving the idea, the idea that the hen's just walking around him or whatever. Now, caveat, I love that word. If you walk away from him and you're hunting in tandem, you can have your buddy walk behind you and call a hundred yards behind you. And very often that we've seen that that's worked a million times over the years. Um, but if you're just by yourself, I would, I would discourage hen calling as you're repositioning. I mean, because all you're doing is giving the illusion that she's just walking away from him or, wa or walking around trying to get a different angle. 
I like if I do anything, I reposition, set up, call, and we're getting in the weeds again here, and even sound like a different hen sometimes. I'll change my yelp on my mouth call. I'll go from a less raspy hen. I'll do a rollover yelp instead of a front end, whatever, and give the illusion that's a different hen coming from a different direction. And that can sometimes. So we we could get so far into detail with all these different variables and these scenarios about the repositioning. Never discount repositioning. If you if you if he leaves you and he's walking away from you, make a, a, a use your locators. God willing, they get he gobbles at your locators. Make a wide berth around him and try to get in front of him. If he's on a power line, if he's walking down a road that you're familiar with, make a big berth around him. Get up front of him and. And bushwhacking. I mean, we're turkey hunting. We're not, I, I love to call turkeys, but we're trying to kill the animal at the end of the day, the bird. So yeah. if he's moving away, get in front of him, set, set up and try to identify his route if you can, and then set up in front of him and then just let him walk right by you and shoot him in the face. <laughs> I mean, there you go. it's right. a great tactic. Yeah. It works. That's yeah, four turkeys, works. Scott. Four turkeys. We got we're, on the now we're four for four. This is going to be. We're going to have to be careful because we're going to, the DNR is going to be called on us, dude. Yeah, you know that's, this, that's you know it. how it goes. So let's uh, let's let's dive a little deeper into that uh, bag of tricks that you got. So we've got okay. we've gone through. We got a, we got a turkey that we're not going to move. We're you know we 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 can't move. We got a bird that's just stubborn. He might be hung up with maybe you know you know maybe a line fence or he's just in a really good strutting zone. He's like you need to come to me, and he's just this stubborn tom that's not moving. What else you got? Well. You said we already did get into that in the bag of tricks, or we want to go into fighting purrs? I mean, get advanced. No, I want to go. De- I want to go. De- I want to go deeper into the fighting the, the the bag of tricks. Deeper than fighting purrs? That's pretty deep. That's a pretty no, deep no, trick. no, a lot, a lot. no. Oh, no, what's what's yeah? What's what's next? What what else you got? Oh gosh, I mean, okay, so we're just talking a hung up turkey. Um, you can. Yep. What would be the next step if I did the things we talked about? Um, what would I do next? Okay, we're going to pretend he doesn't have hens because that could be one of the reasons he's hung up too. Yes. Oh, he could yeah. just be out there with feeding hens. So that that's where that's that's a whole other podcast, talking to the hens, how to call to the hens. Um, we're just going to pretend he's by himself and being stubborn. At that point, um, we're going to go into – I'll probably take some Jake Yelps at him, honestly. Just throw some Jake Yelps at him. And, and, and this, is, this is really advanced. This is getting way out of 101 stuff here. I, I mean, so – it's hard not to. I think we covered it. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, one on one, honestly, one on one is is what for me. It's out hooting, find them. Yeah. And then most guys Shut are going to cluck, and they're and they're going to yelp. And that's yeah. and, and and we and gave them like, the scenarios. Yeah. Off yep. the roost. Yeah. 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 So, so anyways, I think this. Sorry. Yeah. Let's 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 get let's get dirty, man. Let's get down in there. I'm 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 here for it. And I know people <laughs> listening to this are going to be like, oh yeah, let's go, let's go. So I'm going to, I'm going to, before I get into fighting Persian goblin at him or staging, you know, with the wings and staging a fight, I'll just, what I'm going to do, and I'll demonstrate it, is I'm going to do some real honking, deep, slow Jake yelps. And then I'll answer my Jake with a hen. And I think in my mind, I'm creating the illusion that a, some Jakes have slipped in his back door and with this hen he's been, he's been talking to for, we'll call it 30, 45 minutes, an hour. And He's like, wait a minute, why, why is it, why is it, why is the juvenile sliding in my back door on this woman I've been trying to court for an hour? So anyway, and a Jake Yelp for the people listening. Again, we're I'll try to get it back to one on one as we're going event. Jake Yelp is a is you know a Jake yelping like a hen, but it's going to be a deeper, more honking, um, uh, slower rhythm type call. 
and you'll hear the difference because I'll do them both on the same call and you'll hear the honk and then you'll hear me get higher pitched and choppier with the handy off. So I'll throw some Jake's helps out there some deep, and some deep clutch with it. There's the hand answering. There you go. You can clearly hear that choppy, slower rhythm, that honky sound almost, if you will. Honking yeah, the way that I and, the way that I describe it, it's like it's it's like a yell, but it's it's elongated. Is the easiest elongated way to, and deeper and slower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drag, more yeah, drag just wah, wah, yeah. So that's and, and, and that's a great and so tactic. I, and I've had them break and come walking to like whoa, 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 and come not necessarily running in, but have them break and walk right in after the, after just doing that. Not and again, people, none of this is gospel. Okay, let's just be clear here. All these tactics and all these what I call my bag of tricks, they're are, are just trying something when something else isn't working. And sometimes yeah. it works. Doesn't always work, but when it does and you and you have enough tricks and you can throw enough at them, many times one of those tricks, one of those tactics, those call sequences, moving, repositioning, strategies, something you can do that's different that you move on to in your bag of tricks, your playbook, if you will will work. And and if you only sit there and you know how to yelp and that's it, you can't you don't know how to move, you don't know how to you know reposition, you know how to do all these fighting purrs, all this stuff, you're handcuffing yourself. I mean you can still get out there and enjoy yourself in the turkey woods. I'm not faulting anybody for whatever level of calling or hunting ability they have or don't have. I'm just saying the more you get better at it and the more you get versatile with your calls and your turkey knowledge, the more chance you have for success. It's just that simple. So and it's and it's sorry, more it's no, you're good. It's and it's more fun too. I mean, the more things <laughs> is a turkey hunter that you know how to how to do, you're gonna have more interactions with them. And it may not be, you know, it may not lead to pulling the trigger more often, but you're gonna have more interactions with them. And that's that's a lot of fun. And honestly, man, I think one of the, the one of the funnest turkey interactions, we won't we won't touch much on it, is when you start talking to the hens, because that that can be oh, a lot man. of fun. That's yeah, that's that can be fun as hearing one gobble. Yeah, I love talking to the girls. It's oh, it's it's uh, and they will it's, school it's, you. It's They'll neat. teach you a lot. Yeah, they teach you so yeah. much if you just listen to them and how they react and how when you hear hens interacting with a gobbler and how they talk to him and when they cut at him and when they get in their little pecking order and they're getting pissy with each other and they start doing fight. The hens do fighting first because they're establishing pecking order and the gobbler's over there just showing out doing his thing and the girls are all fighting over him basically trying to figure yeah. out who's dominant, who's the boss, you know. But um, yeah. so anyways, <laughs> we're 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 always going off on tangents, man. I'm really bad about it because there's so much to talk about. It seems like, but um, no, so we did the Jake Yelps. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So uh, from from there, I mean, um, if that doesn't work, it doesn't break him again. Give him a couple doses of those Jake Yelps and can answering. Nothing happens. Then I'm probably going to stage a fight. Would be my next tactic, and I. I wish I had my wings. I don't have my wings in here um, to simulate the because I take the two wings and beat them together. Like the, you know, I'm clapping, but, but you you can it's like they're slapping each other with their wings. And then I'll do a fighting purr, and a fighting purr is a is a long, aggravated, contented purr, if you will. A contented purr is a, is a very that slow purr that I was doing early in the show, very slow and and soft. And then the fighting purr is a, a drug out longer version of it. It's happening when Hens or gobblers are fighting, and they're they're excited, they're ag they're aggravated, if you will. And um, 
Again, I use the wing beats to simulate the turkey noise, and then I use what I'm fixing to do for the fighting purrs on the mouth call um, to stage a fight. And it's like they hear the wings, they hear the fighting purrs, and they're like, what in the world's going on? What happens when two people get into a fist fight? What happens? Nine out of a lot ten of times. Yeah. A lot of, well, no, no, but if there's a lot of people around, what happens? Uh, they start filming it and putting it on Facebook. They start running to it. They start, <laughs> yeah, they start running to it. Oh, fight, 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 fight. Yeah. And I think that's what happens with turkeys. They're, you know, they're, they're such social creatures that it's the same, same type of scenario. But so I'll give some fine purse for you. And it, it, it'll, I'll do a little sequence like I would do my wings. Okay, and that's that's a shorter sequence. I'll I'll take a bigger breath and keep it, maybe drag it out longer, and then I'll start. And I'm the whole time I'm beating those wings together, like and it just it's 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 can be deadly. And I will say this to add to the fighting per, if you're in a position to be able to use those wings, uh, and I'll give you if you go to my show Hunt Quest, people, there's one of the videos that say do fighting purrs really work? Go watch that video. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. If you're in a position where you can use those wings. And and actually, the bird can see where you're at, but you won't. But but you're covered now. And this is where it worked for me. I was filming, I was guiding and filming my hunter, and I was behind my camera with my camo netting around my tripod. I was able to do those fighting purrs with the sound, and I will get those wings just above the edge of that netting, and all they see is the feathers flipping and flopping and making the noise. A turkey will come out of his skin. It's it's almost it's it's almost unfair. It almost is unfair if you're in like an open terrain where they can see that movement and you cannot spook them by doing that movement. You've got, you have to be concealed. you you have to be almost behind like a, a, um, a palmetto blind. If you're in Florida where you could get the wings above the palmettos a little bit, or if you were you know using camo netting, those little blinds that you can roll out front of you, you have to be very careful. That's one of those things you gotta be careful with, but it's all, it's, it's almost unfair. It really is. But that's, that's the next thing I'm going to do. And, and just the just the audio of that still has broke many many birds for me over the years. Just hearing the wings and hearing those fighting purrs will still break turkeys and get them to come. So we've done Jake yelping now. I don't have a tube call to gobble. I can halfway gobble in a mouth call, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I wish I'd have brought my tube call in here, Paul. But no worries. I'll just we, everybody knows what the gobble sounds like, even if the guys just start turkey hunting. So if you my, can if then, my kids weren't asleep, I would I would gobble for us, but well, there you <laughs> they're go. they're right there above they're right above the bed. That's one. Oh of them, god, so. yeah, my cheap call. Yeah, I should have brought it in here. I didn't think about it, but I didn't know that we'd be talking these these kind of tactics, honestly. But um, if that does not work, I will probably gobble at them. Um, that's and give him a couple, three or four gobbles, and then I'll answer my gobbles with my hand that he's been hearing. Again, making him give the giving the illusion that 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 gobbler slipped in his back door. And, you know, trying to steal his hand that he's been talking to. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's just another one of those tricks. Um, after that, I mean, those are some of the really nasty, dirty tricks. I mean, there's a lot more we go into. I don't run decoys. So there's a whole other level of, of stuff that I'm not going to bring into the equation that people are doing with a, with a lot of success. And I'm just not going to cover those. But as far as vocalizations and, and then repositioning, as you said earlier, that I may do that after I give my vocalization, you know, tactics, give all, all of my advanced stuff that I can do, collecting and purring, soft stuff, going quiet, gobbler yelping or gobbler slash Jake yelping, fighting first. Um, and, and then at that point, I'm probably going to move on that bird, try to do something from a different angle, try to figure out why he's hung up and, and, and 
you know, open the playbook and try something different. Um, if that doesn't work at some point, um, I might leave that bird alone. I mean, if he's gobbling here on public land, there's a good chance somebody's right around the corner or is also on him unless you just have the, you're able to get away from people, which is hard to do, as you well know. Um, oh. So your options are more limited on public land. Is if you're on private land and you've got opportunities, to, you know, other birds, yeah, leave that bird come back and you know after lunch, and then try or that afternoon and see if that bird isn't right back in that area. I've done that many many times. I've done it on public land as well. Come back if I thought that that bird would not be molested while I left him. Yeah, I came back on public and private ground and and caught him right in the gun range. It's like they their whole mood changed. That they felt like they got left. And then they're come back in that area looking for the hen they left behind. So I think we covered getting, a whole bunch of good stuff there. We, yeah. No, we we did. That was that was good. And so I think that the number one the number one thing that the, the new turkey hunter really needs to focus in on calling is one practice before the season. Don't do it in your truck on the way, you know, to the right, morning of opening morning. Yeah. yeah, practice whether it's a mouth call, a box call, a, 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 a pot call tube call uh practice and and to the and this is the beauty of turkey hunting for me is all of the nuance that comes with it because you could do everything everything and if a turkey's not ready to die they're just not they ain't gonna die there's literally nothing as a turkey hunter that that we can do if the time isn't right at that and it's funny when i i took uh I've, i've i've been taking more new hunters into the woods with me and, you know, a, a couple of years ago, one asked me, he said, what are, what are we looking for out here? I'm like, well, we're looking for the turkey that's ready to die. That's what we're looking for. That's our whole mission is to find the one. We might find 10 turkeys, but if none of them are ready to die, that ain't the turkey we're looking for. Well, so, Right. And, and now that said, all of this stuff that we've gotten a lot more advanced than, than we originally intended to. But that's the stuff that will make him do something he might not necessarily oh, want yeah. to do. That's yeah. that's. Now, granted, if, he, might, if it is not his day, it ain't his day. It doesn't matter what you yeah. do, how good you call, it doesn't. But there, but all of these tricks that we've been talking do make a difference, and they will kill yeah. birds when when your basic stuff would have never gotten it done. Just don't, yeah, don't I, you know, don't. I think for for me, the 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 ones that I'm like, okay, this is this is the that Jake Yelp, that is one that man, you can just rip a tom out of that spot that he doesn't want to come out of real fast. And the fight and purr, I've done that. I've never killed a bird off of it. I've done it. I've gotten them to, you know, to, to move in a little closer. And and that's what you're looking for. It's just that, it's that extra little push, man. It's, you know, Cuz Strickland talks about turkey getting wind that band, wind that band, wind that, and it snaps and they just lose their mind. You know, right, so that's kind of, right. that's one of the, that's, that's some of those. Good. That's the same thing I'm saying when you're, when you're getting him really excited and shutting him down. Or shutting yeah. him down and then bringing him up and getting me excited. It's it's almost like a roller coaster of emotions. That's what Cuz is talking about, winding him up until he pops. Yeah, yeah. It's exact exact same thing. Yeah. So I don't want to. I want to blow people's minds here. And and this is I let's let's do like a real quick. Give me like a five minute masterclass on on advanced mouth calling tactics practices. There's got to be something banging around in your head. They're like, yeah, I want to talk about this, but this isn't, the, this is the spot. I want to, what do you got? Something that's real good. And when I say that, I think with, with calling, especially mouth calling, tube calling, a caller, you can add a little inflection to the mm-hmm. sounds. You can add urgency, if you will. Um, right. what are some of the, what, what are some of the things, maybe like a desperate Turkey call is something that you're really, 
you know, it's not, uh, it's not desperation time for you, but something that might just be different that people aren't, you know, that other hunters aren't well, necessarily using in the woods. Okay. I mean, one, one of the things to keep in mind about how we're talking about the, you said inflection and this is easier done on a mouth call to me than any other call, but, but turkeys show their, their mood change their by volume and rhythm and pitch. Volume, rhythm, and pitch. I'm just shooting this right off the hip, and as I'm saying, I'm, I'm thinking um, they get loud when they get excited. They get soft when they get content. Um, when they're aggravated, they get loud. They get faster, choppier, louder. Aggra a, a contented purr versus a fighting purr. Cutting versus clucking. And 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 that and the rhythm falls into play with you have fast cutting, and then you have again just walking through the woods, clucking. Um, you have excited yelping fast, higher pitched yelping. She's showing excitement, so she's yelping faster. Remember, volume, rhythm, and pitch. And she'll get louder and pingier when she's cutting super hard, and she might get higher pitched yelping because she's yelping um, with more inflection. She's more excited, or she's yelping contented, and she's just not showing much emotion. So those three things is things to think about. Volume, cadence, and pitch is the things to think about how – you can put that inflection in, 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 in a box call. Again, it's harder to do pitch changes in a slate or a, a pot call and a box call. A little harder to do that, but you can do it with 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 rhythm and with volume at least. Yeah. You can press hard on a box car, harder on a slate, but it doesn't always equate to more realism. I mean, it just, it, it'll, you know, the call will squeak out. It doesn't sound correct. Mouth yeah. calls, you put more tongue pressure, you can, you can, in my opinion, get a little more realism and you can put that inflection a little bit easier with just a little more tongue pressure. So there, there's a really, really advanced something that people probably never, I've, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody talk about it. How are turkeys showing their emotions? Yeah. Through rhythm or cadence and pitch or volume, cadence and pitch. Yep. And outside so, of that, I mean, what's some, you said master class. Gosh, you put me on the spot on that one, brother. Pressure, <laughs> practice, buddy. practice. Listen to turkeys. Um, the app has real turkeys doing the sounds. It has me doing the sounds. Um, and then you can record yourself doing the sounds and then play it along with turkeys doing the sounds or me doing the sounds. You can you can stream it or what would be to synchronize it with the sounds that of the actual wild birds doing the sounds. And you can listen to yourself as the birds are playing as well, actual turkeys or, or me, whatever. And you can go, where where do I stand with that that you know a really good caller i'm not being you know arrogant i'm saying a good caller and and then and, and actually a wild bird and, and ultimately you should compare yourself to the birds before me i'm just saying you still have a baseline with me in there and the turkeys in there you have two baselines um yeah. and just um be proficient on more than one kind of call you never know when you go from a mouth call to a pot call can change that's something we did not do, uh, and I have to go backwards now. Um, I'm, I'm tired. It's been a long day. My mind is numb from work today. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a city. But yeah. that said, something I got to demonstrate. We're going backwards, but you, we're doing the master class here. Is changing the sound of the hen itself can completely be a game changer. Yeah, we and, mentioned that. We did touch on that. Yeah, let's let's do let's do that uh, with the same call. With the same call, with a mouth call, harder to do in a box or a pot style call. Tube call, I can do it very well. But so there, there's 
three basic types of hen yelps, and I'm going to teach them to you guys in a crash course. Real, I, I'm going to demonstrate them. I'm, I'm not going to teach them. I'm just going to demonstrate them. It's too hard. We don't have enough time. We've been on this yeah. for an hour and 15 already. Um, you have a front end yelp, which is basically mostly front end and almost no rasp in the back. You hear hens at a real high pitch like that, and they almost have no back end. And I'll demonstrate that yelp. This is a front end yelp, almost no rasp. Real high pitch, real pretty, real clean, just a little hazy back end. That's the front end yelp, more front end than back end. Now we're going to do what I call a transition yelp, and this is the hen I use. This is my go-to hen, and it has a smaller front but a bigger, nastier back end, and this is called a transition yelp. You'll hear, you'll hear me start it, and you'll hear the little high, and then you'll hear just a little bit of high in the front of each note, and you'll hear it break into the back end. This is a transition yelp. This is one I've been doing on the podcast the whole time. Last but not least is the rollover yelp, and this is where you hear a, a hitch in the middle of it. You hear the high, and you're going to hear a little click, a little hitch right in the middle of it, and this is going to be called a rollover yelp. And that's rollover yelp. And that's, so what I'm saying is, what we didn't talk about when that bird was hung up, when I completely just lost, just slipped my mind was, is say I'm doing the transition, yep, I'm doing this. And then I completely go higher pitch and take all the rasp out. So I'm going to do the two different hands side by side in sequence so you can hear the differences. Hopefully they can hear it recorded well and you can hear those two hens. But what I'm saying is to change it up, go away from that hen that did not work and you couldn't get him to commit with and go and change that voice. And that just that's a lot. I teach this in my DVDs, which we have not mentioned, that you can order at Scott Ellis Turkey Hunting, Scott Ellis Hunting.com. I don't know my own websites. Mouth Call Magic 1 and 2. Mouth Call Magic teaches all three of those hen yelps, and I do it on a bat wing, a split V, a combo cut, and a ghost cut. I teach all three hen yelps on the four major mouth call cuts, and um, and it gives you three three completely different hen turkeys. So um, Mouth Call Magic one and two, ScottEllisHunting.com. Check them out. Great DVDs. If you still have a DVD player or, or a Xbox, you can play it on the Xbox, whatever. Um, yep. But um, that that versatility with a mouth call, and that's why I was bringing up the DVDs because not everybody can do that, and it takes a lot of practice to to master completely changing your mechanics to make a different hen sound. It's, it's it takes a lot of practice. But what the average guy could do that doesn't take advanced, mouth calling advanced have a pot call, have a box call, have a mouth call. And what did I say about ten minutes ago? Be proficient in all three of them. So yeah. if you can't change it up just with mouth call, you can pull your box call out and run it. If that don't work, pull your pot call, run it. There's another, another, another trick in your little bag of tricks. Another, another trump card, if you will. Ace man, and man, this is this is big. Good. Last thing, sixty seconds or less, Scott. Give me the number one advice that you give to a new turkey hunter. Be patient. 
I'm done. There you go. <laughs> no, that's B- the B-K-K. that's the number that's the number one answer. I've asked six different people that for the show. That's the same answer. Everyone says patience kills it, turkey. Don't get in a hurry. Uh, no. Don't get up too quick. Uh, don't patience can be applied to many different facets of the hunt. Um, sit on that. You're the one that's longer. Sorry, I didn't mean go to ahead. cut you off. The one thing that's overlooked with discipline and you mentor is discipline. You mentioned that in the in the earlier in the show. Discipline also kills turkeys. Right, right, right. Well, and that's where I was kind of going with the, I was kind of patience, discipline, meaning be patient when you're calling. Don't, it kind of falls into a lot of different categories. Be patient with the bird, let him work, let him do his thing without you completely over calling him, harassing him, just beating, beating him to death with yelping and cutting and yelping and cutting. Be patient. Be patient um, before you get up and move and you change your setup. Sit longer. Um, Sit all day. I've sat in spots for four or five hours in his blind call. Blind calling is a whole other podcast, man. I mean, I love, I have tons of theories on blind calling versus running and gunning. I kill turkeys both ways. I've killed a pile of them both ways. But as of late, the last decade, 15 years, I've killing more turkeys setting up in places I know that hold turkeys and blind calling. And that's a whole, it's another 20 minutes for me, another oh, 20 man. minute dissertation that I don't really want to even, we'll, we'll save it for another podcast if you want. But um, yeah, yeah, Scott, patience, we're- Oh, sorry. Oh no, it's all right. I was and, and and just know your equipment, man. Another great tactic or tip: know your equipment. Know your the, the limitations of your shotgun. Pattern your shotgun. Know what it'll do. How far you can shoot it. Carry a rangefinder so that you know your limitations. I take a rangefinder just like I bow hunt deer, and I shoot trees and I find my yard just knowing where my gun is and how effective it is, how far it's effective. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. A lot, it's no, overlooked all the time. It is for sure. Scott, where can people find you on social media or uh, the internet? Absolutely. Hunt Quest with Scott Ellis is the uh, the Facebook fan page. Give us a like. I'm always putting up some good content. I'm going to be doing live, some live feeds here in the coming weeks. Um, I'm going to put some memes out there talking about the dates and times. And we're going to do Q&As. I do a lot of Q&As and uh, answer questions as I go and demonstrate calls and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Um, on Instagram is Scott um, underscore C underscore Ellis. Uh, or you can type in Hunt Quest. I think it comes up. Um, find my my hunting show, Hunt Quest, on YouTube. Just type in Hunt Quest with Scott Ellis. It's on YouTube. Um, was in a weird position last year. Um, in between jobs, had some stuff going on. Um, didn't get to hunt as much. Didn't get to film as much. Um, got got six or eight episodes coming out for Hunt Quest. Not as many as I'd like to have. I'd like to have at least a dozen, 15 good, good hunts. But. Um, just didn't wasn't in the cars last year, but I do have some shows coming out here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I think that's my, I mean, I'm not, I'm on TikTok <laughs> under Scott Ellis, I think on TikTok, but I don't, I don't engage in TikTok here. My son's like, dad, you got to do that TikTok thing. I'm telling you, you can get a lot more viewership on that, but, um, and Scott Ellis You can get hunt quest t-shirts and you can buy my DVDs there and, um, check out my signature models with Woodhaven woodhavencustomcalls.com check out apex ammunition which would be apexmunition.com we all know mossy oak.com i love my mossy oak camouflage and i love my thermosel i don't go anywhere without my thermosel as i'm hunting uh in in the earlier spring in the colder climates it's usually not an issue but here in the southeast they're they're like they're worth their weight in platinum so i bought a thermosel a couple years ago i I don't know how i hunted without one honestly man i mean those things are amazing I look back at my childhood and I don't know. I just don't know how we did it. I, I, yeah. I think we used DEET. I think it was DEET or a can of off every time you yeah. went to the woods because yep. 
it the mosquitoes I and mean, i mean i grew up in florida dude <laughs> i mean you can only imagine how bad mosquitoes are here so yeah good deal well scott thanks so much for your time man uh i'll see you in nashville here in a couple weeks at the nwtf convention and hopefully we get to to share the turkey woods together at some point here uh in the future so scott thanks for your time my friend absolutely thanks for having me i had a blast we'll do it again take care sounds good yep